Welcome to episode 221 of Pixels and Inks podcast. Cody's not here because he's really upset that you guys all voted for Pac-Man to take over as host, so he stormed off in a huff last week and isn't coming back. That makes sense. I believe that. Mm-hmm. At least for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was forced to do it because Pac-Man can't actually speak, mm-hmm. and that would have been horrible. He's also very worried. He's too worried to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's too worried about Cody storming off. Now he feels like he's hated, and it's all you guys' fault yep. for voting for Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Right, Phil? Mm-hmm. Phil didn't even That's vote for true. us, I'm sure. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, see? That's how you love me, Phil. Well, it's because I just assumed you'd be hosting because I figured you'd win in a landslide, and then you didn't. I just didn't. I didn't get any <laughs> votes, and Cody got one vote, and it was himself for himself. And Pac-Man got like 12. <laughs> well, yeah, it, was it was kind it was of your for me. fault for making Pac-Man an option. <laughs> it was Brendan's <laughs> fault for making yeah. Pac-Man an option. I, I had nothing to do with that. Twitter offered three options, so I made three. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm joined by Phil and Brendan. Hey, oh there, Mel. Again, because Cody stormed off in a half. He did. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we have some game news. Not going to be as organized this week because neither you or I normally do game news. Yeah. But what should we start with? The political hotness or? I think, I think the political hotness is a kind of an interesting story to start with. Palmer Lucky. Yeah, that happened. Okay, so back onto the story. The Daily Beast apparently did some investigation into a Reddit uh, posting, meme posting th- uh, subreddit that... Um, was considered themselves a non-profit to stop Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, so they used... Because stop that beast. Uh, so they used... Um, they got donations, and uh, Palmer Lucky apparently was one of the donators. The Daily Beast uncovered this, and apparently Palmer Lucky gave the this posting organization, you might say. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, they, like, fund Hillary Clinton memes, essentially? Yeah, that's like, what they did. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> defame her? They defamed Hillary Clinton with memes. We have <coughs> memes. That is kind of what they do. Actually, exactly what they do, actually. And um, apparently, uh, Palmer Lucky gave them $10,000. Man, really? Yes. You know what, Americans? Why didn't you all write in worried Pac-Man for your votes? <laughs> yeah, basically. Let him win. Um, so, so the Daily Beast, so this is, this is kind of been going on for like two weeks now. The Daily Beast, um, reached out to Palmer Lucky and Palmer Lucky's like, yeah, I'm a nimble American or whatever the guy's name on uh, Reddit was. Mm-hmm. And so then they posted a story. They published it at like sometime in the afternoon on a Thursday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't till about Friday that, um, Palmer Lucky finally made a statement. Mm-hmm. He said... He's a libertarian. He doesn't support Hillary or Trump, but he believed in what this organization was doing. He just enjoyed the memes. That's totally why he did it. And <laughs> apparently he claims he, did not, he was not the actual poster that posted some uh, rather white, supremacist, white supremacist-esque stuff on mm. Reddit. Ooh. So he claims he was not that guy. He claims he was, he's not good. F- I don't think he actually mentioned the Milo situation. Milo's a uh, writer at Brett Bart. He is considered rather con. Eh, let's go with unconventional in his ways. Okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of offensive in his ways. But didn't wasn't there a few um, developers that actually pulled away? Yes. From the so because of it, uh, Insomniac did not pull away. They just yeah. So I just don't. I, I just don't like the idea that simply because, you know, his views are right-wing, which represents at least half that country, that game developers suddenly don't want to work with them. I mean, it just doesn't... 
you know, like, I don't, like, and again, to be clear, like, I don't identify politically with that side whatsoever. I just think it's very odd that, uh, that, that, that I, I think it's inappropriate that political views should stick, should ruin his business like that. Um, particularly since, like, you know, as far as I can tell, you know, it was all meme-based jokes. It's not like... Well, some of them, the problem was this group was known for being a little bit racist. Oh, okay. A little well, that's bit sexist. Then. Well, if it's a hate group, then that's it was, different. That's the thing. Like, it identifies as a right-wing group, but it's kind of a neocon group, which a lot of hate speech and things like that. Like, a lot of the memes are very hateful and right. yeah. racist and, and sexist. And you might not want to be associated with that as a developer. Yeah, okay. that, Well, that, if it's a hate thing, then that's different. That's what, that's what a lot of people, the developers were upset, and that's why a lot of the community was upset, because mm. no one really cares if you support one side or the other. It's mm. more of... If you're doing it in a way that's racist, hateful, etc., mm-hmm. that's a different story. That's a different. I'm sorry. If he's putting money towards, you know, defaming Clinton, are they surprised that it's yeah. racist and hateful? Because mm-hmm. yeah. look who he's supporting. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's why a lot of these developers are just don't feel comfortable supporting him mm-hmm. because they're like, you don't want our money kind of going towards hate groups, so we don't want to put any money okay, towards it. That's different. Like, I say, take back everything I just said. Well, like, that's the same reason that <laughs> it's the same kind of thing with people not wanting to buy Orson Scott Card games or or, or going to see Ender's <laughs> Game because Orson Scott Card is kind of a horrible person. Like mm. people who didn't want to eat Chick-fil-A. Yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Whereas Orson Scott Card puts money towards anti-gay groups and... Yeah, and yeah, Chick- yeah. What is Chick-fil-A guy? Kind Anti-gay. Of? Anti-gay, yeah. okay. So, I mean, like, that that's why a lot of these people feel that it's important to kind of right. make your dollars heard. And I feel like right, many right. of these are a huge issue here in Canada. I mean, there are. No, no. There are racist groups in Canada. I mean, no, I said a huge issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. I can't think of any of the stores here that we've had these kind of problems with. Yeah, well, not with stores, but, you know, we do horrible things to our uh, native community. That's true. That no true. one talks about. Yeah. Which is bad. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a... Well, of course, the U.S. does it, but as well. But they yes. get casinos, so I guess that's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's pretty Here's, bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So that's that's kind of what's going on with Lana. Do we think this is surprising? Is it just another thing in the Facebook? Like, I don't care. I'm buying PlayStation VR. Yeah, yeah I was never going an Oculus Rift anyway. Yeah. Um, Phil but, and I are on it, PlayStation. Let's go with this. Do you think it's another nail in the coffin of a thing that is having a hard time catching on. Is this another thing that they just can, didn't need right now? Can we just say that Palmer Lucky makes really bad decisions, apparently? Mm, yeah, it seems that way. Plus, it's just really hard to gauge how well VR is actually going to do. Yeah. You know what? I don't think it's going to do that well. I don't think so either. But who knows? I mean, it's just one of those things where like VR has been like a science fiction concept for all, so long. I think yeah. it's amazing. That we all assume that, oh my God, this is what we've all been waiting for. This is what we need. Yeah. But as opposed to but whether or not you know, it's actually worth playing these games yeah. that like, you want to sit down with and put a headset I, on. I think it's we'll amazing. See. And I'm very excited to get PlayStation VR. And yeah. hopefully we'll re- be doing a review of Until Dawn VR because that looks amazing. And I had a lot of fun with Rush of Batman. Blood. Isn't it Rush of Blood? Yeah. No, I don't know. It's right. Ru- yeah, it's something it's, blood. It's, it's Until Dawn Rush of Blood. I yeah, think I'm, I'm very much into it. I'm very much excited to I just try don't them think and get gonna, into them too. I just don't. It's not going to be like we sales. I don't know. Or that was a new technology that everyone got behind. Yeah, I just don't know. It's so hard yeah. to say. Because, I mean, like, the cell phone VR headsets, that, like, went away almost instantly. It's because they're crap. I know. But yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm actually going to try one. I just assume. I just, from what I've heard, it's like, we know someone who has one, and he said all he uses it for is to watch movies. 
And yeah, like, well, it, it what's it, the point of that? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, it looks, it makes me feel like I'm in a movie theater. Yeah, like, what it does, it makes it feel like you're watching a giant screen. Yeah, and yeah. Like, but it, uh, uh, yeah. no, if I get VR, I don't want that experience. I want, you know, to be running around a whole new world. The experience. problem is, you're not really running around these games. Okay, I'm sorry, standing in a whole new yeah. world. <laughs> that's uh. what you're doing. And I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, VR is having a hard time catching on because people need massive computers to run it. PlayStation VR might have a better chance, but also... It won't because PlayStation will abandon it quickly. Exactly. Mm. Also, you have a problem of there's no killer app games right now for these Mm -hmm. things. Yes, I think. You have good experiences that last a few minutes, but you're not really getting that game that you say, wow, I want to play hours and hours and hours in this game. Mm -hmm. You could... It's kind of like, eh, that was neat, I guess. They got to turn out a bunch of smaller titles that are really enjoyable really quickly. And then it's not doing on. that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the Kinect did okay. Like, the original Kinect. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It did okay. It, it sold lasted. Of, it, no, it didn't. But poor, because of Dance Central helped that one along. But poor... Uh, Other than Dance Central, think of a single game that did well on that system. I don't think... I can't... No, that, just Dance Central. That's, that's it. That's it. It still did okay. It survived, at least. Not like the new Kinect. It just that, died in, like, a year. I think that's because Microsoft was just keeping it on life support, and then as soon as they were, didn't, weren't in a position to keep it on life support anymore, it died. I feel like all these peripherals are like when we went to the moon, we did it once, and then everyone forgot about it, so we don't actually utilize it at all. <laughs> so we won't get any more like technology growth out of the Kinect or once PlayStation abandons VR. It's all going to go back, turn into dust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be upset. We'll see. I mean, it's still too early to say. I mean, VR might still catch on, and everyone owns one, and PlayStation VR is like lights a fire under mm-hmm. everyone, and they all want to get it, but we'll see. When does PlayStation VR come out? Christmas? Like in a month? In yeah, yeah. October 11th, I yeah. believe. Right, right, it's, right, it's right. 11th or 18th? Yeah. One of those two. It's really soon. Right, right, right. It'll be fun to try. Yeah. You can come over and try it. Are we getting one for the office? I'm taking it home. <laughs> what? We only get it for like a week, and I review all the games. So. Oh, it's only briefly? Yeah, it's not very long. For oh, Buyer's so. Guide. Look out for a Buyer's Guide right. coming in a month and a half. Yay. So, So I, I guess I don't get any time with it. No. No, you do when you come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, next news story. So ridiculous. The one person that likes reviewing the least. Yes. Hey, no, the VR thing, <laughs> I am totally excited about. I'm very excited. I don't care. I'll, like, I will punch people to be the one to review it. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Punch. As long as you can get the reviews done. I'm of course you can. Okay. I've uh, already played most of Batman. Right uh, it's, it's, like, it's like only like a half hour long. So I right. did a 20 minute <laughs> demo, so I'm pretty much done. <laughs> okay, what's the next news story? Um, no Man's Sky is under yes. fire again for false advertising. That's true. So in Britain, they're investigating uh, the developer and the overall representation of the game. Which it's is the, just, it's so, I understand why people have false advertising as you know, a thing that they can call yes. on things. But yeah. it's also like everything is well, false no, advertising. No. It's the fact that the game they showed in trailers and stuff like that was not the final product. But that has that's not that's always happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, like all the time. But this one was bad because they promised the moon and they couldn't deliver it. I feel like it's the same thing that happened to After Earth, that horrible movie that Will Smith was in. They did so much someone marketing. Sued, su- suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. As well. So That's yeah, someone sued either. DC for that, please. No, someone did. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh my god, what happened? Claiming claiming that they didn't have all the Joker footage from the trailer. <laughs> Well, nothing happened because it's ludicrous. <laughs> you can't you can't claim fa- false advertising on like art. That's false advertising is advertising mm. in that in exactly. That realm. I'm pretty sure those diet pills don't actually do what they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's under investigation. We don't know what that means. If anything will happen of it, 
if anyone was at fault, but it's under investigation. I mean, it, I've played the game. It's fine. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to build hype so people buy your game. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's bad when you're building hype and you're building hype knowing that what you're saying won't be there. Mm-hmm. That's different than saying... Let's see what happens to The Last Guardian. I suppose, but I just didn't, I get really tired of consumer empowerment as if there's like... They're, like they're, the you, Consumers have the ultimate power. You either buy something, make it a hit, or yeah. you don't. That's it. Yep. You buy something and you're disappointed with it, boo-hoo. <laughs> You made a poor decision. <laughs> what sex is like? It's ridiculous. Both sides sex because like okay, Suicide Squad, from what I can tell, I've, I won't yeah. watch it. Yeah, wasn't a good movie. Yet enough people saw it that they made enough money to want to make another one. Mm-hmm. They can't go back and say, "Hey, I watched this movie. It sucked. Please don't make another one." Yeah, exactly. And it's just it is what it is. You either, like that's how the open market works, and it yeah, it just gets it gets tiresome. That people think that <laughs> they deserve the thing they imagine something yeah, else would that's, be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. it is, it's hard to kind of expect everything that you imagine the mm-hmm. game to be to be their advertising. They, they, they did promise some things that weren't there. But, a lot of games do that, though, especially the green light games yeah, yeah. on Steam. But a lot the big, of the Steam games get hacked. But even worse is they were promising the concept of what could be. Yeah. And people in their minds built a far more elaborate thing than they ever promised. So it wasn't 100% the company's fault. A lot of it had to do with the fact that people were just kind of, well, they said it could be anything. And my imagination's crazy. I so like why it, were there no purple dinosaurs in this game? I liken it to online dating. Yeah. It's like mm. you only date someone and you think something of them, and then you actually meet them, and they're nothing like what you expected. Yeah. It's yeah. No Man's Sky. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're saying No Man's Sky catfished people. Yep. Okay. Anyways, next story. We'll call MTV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a bad show. It's a bad it's show. It's show. It's also a bad movie, as a side note. No, the movie's good. I didn't mind the movie. The movie's good. I didn't mind the movie. The I show know. is awful. I just felt, uh, we can get in a long discussion about this, but they knew that they, that it was a, cr- a mean-spirited movie. I don't think it was mean-spirited. It's very, act- like, that's what happens to I know, people. but yeah. they... They probably knew about halfway through the movie this is not real. I think the directors knew. I don't think Neve knew. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's what I think. The and directors he's definitely knew. He's an in- idiot. Oh, yeah. And that's his fault. Yeah. Um. No, I have no problem with that. I mean, like, sure, that woman didn't expect them to make a movie about her when she went on lying to people, but that doesn't make it right about what she did. No, no she was in Everyone the signed agreements at the end of the day. Yeah, I that's no, true. I got no problem with that. Right. I think it's... I'm sure they gave her money, so... Oh, they had to give her money. Yeah, the only problem I think there is with Catfish is like No Man's Sky. They advertise it as a horror movie, and it wasn't. Did they really advertise cheap, it as a horror yeah, movie? Yeah, it was a cheap did? move. Yeah, it was a really oh, cheap mood. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, I have no problem with it. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a little gross, but yeah. That happens to people all the time, though. Oh, I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. It's a very regular thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, this is me. They just go online and look for pictures of random blonde girl mm-hmm. or random blonde guy. Yeah, yeah. People do it constantly. So, yeah, I'm sure that's what they type into random blonde guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. Okay, next story. Oh, uh, Portal movie is apparently still happening. And Half-Life movie is apparently in the works. Oh, I didn't know that. But the Portal movie, I, I, I'm i excited about, but also kind of like, yeah. I also don't know if it's necessary. Are they making it as a prequel to the games? I think it's just the game. I think oh. it's the story from the games. Like the first one or the second one? I think both. They haven't really said. There's no sto- There's almost no story in the first one. So no, they kind of have to go to the second one. Well, it's like, one. are they going to use Shell or are they just going to use... I think they're going to use Shell. Okay. I imagine they'll just make up their own story and use the aesthetic. Yeah. I assume that Gladys would have to be in there, of course. I, I don't know. Yes. If they, it's not just basically, hey, it's here's a giant empty room. Without, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Like, Chell is just a, a, a name for you, so yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. No. So, I don't know. It could be cool. It's fine. It depends on who does it, as with anything. Um, but, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Eh, it's fine. Like, right. I love those Portal games, don't get me wrong. They're just not ones where I was like, ooh, I'd love to see more of this story. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'd love to learn about this place. So it seems like an odd choice. Yeah, those games are built on puzzles. They're a puzzle game with a, a yeah. mild story in exactly. there. Exactly. I think Phil and I should play Portal 2 together. Sure, that'd be fun. For multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Totally. That's all. We have nothing to say about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I okay. said it was neat, but it, I didn't realize that they had, like, it was in development before this. Yeah, it, it, it was announced Still years. in development. I'm like, still. It was announced years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh, this is not good for it then, though, if it was announced years ago and it's still, well, you know, on it, the back burner somewhere. Well, I think J.J. Abrams said it's in active development. I'm sorry, it's J.J. Abrams? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's even weirder. Because yeah. he's doing Westworld right now. He's on the red carpet for Westworld. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually a neat show. Man, that guy must I be busy. It it's actually really good. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched any of it yet. You can read our review of the first four episodes Sweet. now on CG, <laughs> cgmagonline.com. Yeah, I'm into it. Baker, my favorite comic book writer, is in the writer's room on that. Really? So, it's it, it actually, it's really dark. Yeah. It's Again, really dark. Again, on cgmagonline.com. Yeah. I won't spoil things. Cool. First four episode review. Cool. Check it out. Yo. That's all the game news I have that was okay. semi-interesting. I'm sure a lot more happened, but okay. for more news, you can check out cgmagonline.com. Cool. Mm-hmm. Phil. All right, movie news. Uh, first up, shame Cody isn't here for this because it's Power Rangers related. Whoa. Uh, I'm sorry, I love Power Rangers. Oh, good. Then you'll appreciate it. Um, so uh, they announced that Bill Fader, Bill Hader, sorry. I was going to say, who's Bill Fader? That Bill Hader will be the voice of Alpha 5 in the new one. So that means it'll be uh, Bill Hader and Brian Cranston in the Power oh Zone. Yeah. That seems super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know, because like, Brian Cranston turns down some things, you're like, oh, he would have been good for that, and then picks up things, and you're like, why the hell did he decide to do that? it's a combination of two things. Number one, in order to play Zoran, all he had to do was sit in a room. That's pretty good. In a green room paid. for his head, and probably got paid more than he got paid for buckets every other movie he did money. for the last yeah. three years combined. And then B, he also did voice because he was a voice actor for years. He did some voices on Power Rangers back did in the day he? too. So oh, that's like a nostalgia, nostalgia thing. thing. For him oh, that's too. cute. Um, and then Bill Hader. And, well, I mean, Bill I mean, it's purely a voice gig, so I think he'll just do those if the money's right. Bill Hader is the one in the Last Man on Earth, right? No, that's Will Forte. Oh, yeah. yeah, Will Forte. Bill Hader is the yeah, yeah, one yeah, in the Schumer movie. Yeah, and, uh, I was get those two mixed up for some reason because they were both on Saturday Night Live at the same time. Probably. Yep. All right. So anyway, there's yeah. That was I was just basically brought that in to For give Cody. Cody a hard time about Power Rangers. That's fair. That's, that's perfectly acceptable. A hard time, but no, you know what? I don't need to know the story. Well, no, I just think that the Power Ranger movie is a bad idea and it's not going to be good. Oh, and it's going to be hilarious. And Cody thinks it's going to be amazing. Oh no, it's going to be very wrong. I like to give him a hard time about it. That's anything like the other Power Rangers movies they've done. No, we're in for a good laugh. I'm going to put money into it, and it's going to be boring. I'll be like those Ninja Turtles movies. Anyway, next up. Um. Oh yeah, John Favreau is now going to do a, a live action version of the Lion King. Yeah, I saw that. Which bummed me out. Like, and to be clear, I'm partially I, I excited loved, and partially uh, scared. I loved the Jungle Book quite a bit. Um, I just when I when that was done, I thought, oh wow, John Favreau is really good. I can't wait to see what he does next. And I didn't think he was just going to do the exact same thing again with the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Lion King. I'm just. Yeah, you know, me too. But I'm just sick and tired scared. of this over and over and over again. What's well, Disney for you? I know, but Boy, another twenty years to have a different Lion King. Did you know that they have a new series, The Lion Guard? No, which what's, is also what's Lion that? King. Yeah, it's, a Disney sh- it's an animated Disney show that's The Lion King, but it's called The Lion Guard. 
Uh-oh. They've been milking that franchise for 20 years. So yeah. Lion Goat's based in the franchise of The Lion King. And they also essentially stole the plot almost beat for from beat. Kimba? From, yeah. yeah. What's Kimba? Kimba's in, like, when was that? In the eight, early 80s? Okay. Yeah, it's like a, a white lion. It's a white lion. Named Kimba. Named Kimba, and it's the exact same story. You mean very similar to Simba? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh, yeah. But the plot is exactly the same, and all the characters are the same. But Disney what? was, you know, yeah. Disney, so. <laughs> Who made this? Um, I don't know. Like, it was really cheap and crudely put yeah. together. Okay. Um, and who knows? Maybe someone was secretly paid off because there's certainly never been a lawsuit. And they certainly seem to have grounds based on the evidence of the movie. So um, I would assume someone got paid. In there, oh, this movie looks awful. Design. Yeah. It's it brutal. looks really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. But they did rip off. Is it like an anime? What's, what's... No, nah, just really cheap. Um, all right, and um, yeah, next up. Uh, Wasn't it that Matthew Broderick thought that The Lion King had to do with the Kimba movie? He was very confused when he got cast for it. No, it, it is 100% Japanese. Like that. It is Japanese, a Japanese movie. It's made I by Misha, he... Misha Productions, which is a Japanese animation studio headquartered in Fujiyama, Norimo, Tokyo, Japan. Because I remember yeah. hearing a story that he thought, I think, that The Lion King was the English version of that movie. Mm-hmm. Then realized that nope. That makes sense. No, it is a Japanese anime. It's yeah. an anime. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, um, the uh, Duncan Jones movie that I was talking about last week. That's like going to apparently be an unofficial sequel to Moon. Is apparently now going straight to Netflix. What? Um, it hasn't even been made yet. So that's the thing. Well, I think Netflix is wants to start putting out movies in theaters first. And then they just have exclusive rights to them. Oh, that makes sense. And I think this will be one of the first that, ones to do it because it'll be what? a bigger scale. And as a studio, I would yeah. see that as beneficial. Too. I think it's a good, yeah. bright idea. I think they absolutely should do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I think that'll be the one of the first ones they try to launch large. Because like they get their money from people at the box office, and then yeah. instead of people pirating it later, they'll say, "Oh, it's on Netflix," and then they'll get some money from. Yeah, that exactly. Too. And it's a, and also it can qualify for awards and whatnot. Yeah. That makes sense. Play in a theater. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I was mildly disappointed, um, simply because I saw a few, uh, Netflix produced movies at the Toronto Film Festival yeah. this year. And as soon as the like Netflix logo comes on the screen, you just feel like you're at home. <laughs> so yeah, like, it's going right. to be a weird, it's going to be a weird effect when that happens. Um, but I like a lot of their shows. Actually. Yeah, no, they do good stuff. I'm not they saying do. that they, they, they definitely like are becoming a great patron of genuine art. It's just, you know. It's a shame. I like movie theaters. All right. Um, next up, um, here's a here's an interesting one. Uh, Justin Lin, guy who directed the most recent Star Trek movie and the last three Fast and Furious movies, is announced his next movie, and it's going to be the Hot Wheels movie. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Which I, I don't mind. I actually like him a lot. His movies are super fun. Did you see Star Trek Beyond, Mel? I thought you loved Star Trek. I do, but uh, the vision problems made it right, really right, 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 right. That came. So out I, haven't of, been, I haven't been to the it came out at a very bad time. A for really, you, really, yeah. really long time since a, Deadpool. Yeah, and Deadpool's yeah. the last thing I saw. Came theaters. out with a bad, a fine yeah. time for you. You should see it. You'll enjoy it a lot. I want to actually. My dad and I will watch it together. It's super that's what we fun. do. We're Star Trek. Buddies. Excellent. It's super fun. But I always the thing I always liked about Justin Lin is on the Fast and Furious. Uh, so he's perfect for a Hot Wheels movie. Totally. And on the Fast and Furious Blu-rays, when they showed him, he would plan out his car chases with Hot Wheels. So, so it only makes sense that he never come back home. A kids movie? Presumably. Or? I think it'll be, yeah, Fast and Furious for kids. Will it be like Cars meets Fast and Furious? I think all they have planned <laughs> is that Justin Lin will have a bunch of sweet car chases and then they'll figure out the rest, rest later. later. Yeah. 
Um, and this is super exciting for me and possibly six other people, but uh, Yorma Takote and Takome, sorry, and uh, Will Forte have started writing MacGruber 2. Why not? I can't wait. MacGruber's so good. Have you seen MacGruber, Mel? No, I haven't. It looks See, just, it looked, that's the it problem. Just, it looks so stupid. It looked like one of those movies that I'm like, that is really stupid. I am not going to enjoy that. I like, promise like you. Like Dumb and Dumber or something. I promise you, Mel. You would love MacGruber. Is it actually funny? Yeah. It's, well, it's a parody of like 80s action movies. Well, I, I figured it's that. very specific. And Hasn't you he like done those that? movies. Mm. Um, and trust me, Mel. It's one of the funniest comedies of the last It's one years. of the better parodied movies. Not like it made no money, right? Easily. No, no one saw it. But it was hysterical. <laughs> and it's become kind of a cult thing. Is it because no one saw it? Because everyone's sick of like the, uh, like the Wayne's Brothers sp- like spoof movies. Like no, I think it was movie. because everyone was just tired of MacGruber character by the time the movie came out. Um, and also, like, at, like I assumed, I was like, "How were they ever going to make a movie out of that? That barely works as a sketch." And but it's like, I remember not enjoying thing. the sketches. But I know, me neither. But okay. the movie's fantastic, Mel. All you gotta right, do it. I, I assure will... you, like it. Okay, well, I'm always looking for a comedy to it's watch. It's way too funny and like really R-rated and really wrong. Is it really R-rated? Oh yeah, definitely. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh no, it's great. So I made the mistake of watching that Dirty Grandpa movie that was horrible. Yeah, well, that's one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, it was. And finally. Uh, Sam Neill uh, is going to be in Thor 3, which is sure. just great news all around. Why not? Yeah, because he's great. Sam Neill never made anything bad. He only made it better. Um, <laughs> what about... One. No, I like Red Horizon. Oh, no, he's made crappy movies. I mean, like, he wasn't responsible for any movie being bad. Okay. Fair. He always makes it a little bit better. I had actually enjoyed Event Horizon. I what like about Event Merlin? Horizon. He was like, bad in Merlin. I like Event Horizon and Mouth of Madness and Jurassic Park, obviously. Mouth of Madness is awesome. And... Um, What's that other one called? The uh, Possession. Possession. What about? We don't, do you ever seen his Merlin series? No. It's really bad. I'll bet. I'll bet. It's it's horrible. He plays Merlin because he plays a young Merlin. Which one is the Possession? The the old eighties one or yes. the the Divot Box one? Yeah, the old eighties one. The Mouth of Madness is awesome. Yeah, like, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. And now there's a segment where we recommend movies that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Well, well that's well, the I last mean, news story, so we may as well. I guess it into does have now. something to do with. <laughs> What did you see this week, Phil? I, I saw, saw a couple, couple things. things. I did. So the one that I reviewed that will be up on the website uh, today nowish um, is uh, Miss Pennegreen's you, Home ooh, for Peculiar you Children. You said it's Tim Burton. It is. It's the new Tim Burton movie. And you said it's mediocre. It's not great. No. Um, so it's based on a popular children's book that I haven't read because I'm no longer a child, and it's... don't let that stop you. Do what your heart wants to do. I know Phil. you're right, Mel. I should read more children's books. You should. So um, broaden this... your horizons, Phil. <laughs> so this one is yeah, it's essentially like a Harry Potter, a gothic Harry Potter. So it's about this young boy who has a kooky old grandfather. His grandfather dies, and he sees this like slender man like monster. Okay, so far you're selling me here, though. It's it. That's the thing is, it's a good idea with great scenes and not a good movie. So like um, Frankenweenie, I kind of disappointing. I like Frankenweenie quite a bit. Um, But anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so he sees this like Slenderman, like monster with the body, and that sort of opens up to this world of uh, yeah, like they call them peculiarities. It's essentially like an X Men type thing where people are born with certain powers. However, this time they're gothic. And uh, the children are kept by a series of sort of headmistress, like Mary Poppins type yeah. people. This one being Miss Pentagreen, played by Eva Green, who I enjoy quite a bit, and on a variety of levels. And she's a great actress, and she's beautiful as well. Is um, she? 
No, that's one of my She was in Casino Royale. All right. She was a Bond girl in that, and she was in, um, what's the show she does? (sighs) Penny Dreadful. Oh, She was in Penny Dreadful, and she's in, like, the 300 sequel. Like, basically, her career is she's the best part of bad movies. And right. TV shows. That's sort of what. That's sort of her lot in life thus far, right. which is well, a shame. But she's great. She's very smart. She's better than being the worst of part of bad TV. Very shows, true. Right? Very true. Um, so yeah, she basically plays a sort of uh, Mary Poppins character that's slightly more stern and also kills monsters with crossbows. So this and is an animated. This the way is live they project, action. No, this is live action. And okay. the way they protect the children is they create these sort of time loops, so they live in the same day. That's for everyone around them. It's repeated like Groundhog Day, but they're obviously aware of it. And then, Continue on their lives while hiding from an evil team of uh, peculiar hunters led by Samuel Jackson who, <laughs> of fe- who feast on the eyes of peculiar children. I love so Samuel Jackson. So if that Jackson. sounds uh, I mean, like too much story for a movie, you're right, it is. Um, and that's sort of the problem with it is that there are a lot of great ideas here and there's just not enough time to properly explore all of them. It gets very muddled and particularly the back half it's like pretty rough. Uh, yeah, like uh, Burton's never been a big fan, been, been particularly great at action. He's more sort of about <laughs> no, world building. Yeah, he's more about like the nice feel. Like, yeah, world building and humor and character. And this, the last half uh, half hour, of this is all action. And it kind of just totally falls apart. Now that being said, I like David Green in it quite a bit. Uh, Samuel Jackson was great too, and he's one of the, and um, he's one of the few characters that gets a really sort of great kind of classic Burton design to him. And he's it was really fun to watch him shoot scenery with like evil white eyes and his pointy teeth. That was super fun. Um, other than that, it's just there's not enough time for any of the characters to really develop. And the visual just felt oddly subdued by Tim Burton's standards. Like, I got what he was going for. He's trying to make it look like sort of old, early photographs. But that sounds but boring with, like, compared to what we're used to with him. Well, exactly. It's not quite as imaginative. And it's just one of those movies where he, you know, unfortunately, it's pretty well all exclusively all he makes anymore, where he just gets a popular, pro- popular property and lends some, lend some of his aesthetic to it. Yeah. And then just sort of coasts. We'll put um, some stripes on that and we're done. Exactly. Um, so it had a couple good scenes, a couple good ideas, a couple cool designs, but ultimately it was just kind of mediocre and disappointing. Mm-hmm. And That's it's a shame because I like Tim Burton and I'd like him to be better. He still I does th- stuff occasionally I like, but I can't think of a lot that things. he's done. You know, I like Sweeney Todd quite a bit. Recently, like in the last decade that I've done. Sweeney Todd enjoyed. I like quite a bit. I don't know if that was the last decade, was it? Yep. It was. It was like 2010. Yeah. No. No, because I was I li- didn't live where I live now. Maybe two thousand eight. Yeah, so almost that's only, that's eight years ago. So yeah, eight, still almost not the last. And I also like Big Eyes as well, which is the most recent. I haven't one. seen that one. It's good. It's but it's not like it's a not particularly Tim Burtony movie. It's a yeah. true story, but it's well done. I'm starting um, to prefer the uh, the guys fun. who did Coraline. Uh oh yeah the studio yeah yeah they're good they're really good yeah. but they make a movie every four years so you know. Um, hey, if it's good, it's worth waiting. <laughs> Absolutely, it's very true. Um, and I do still hold up hope for Burton. I mean, a lot of these big ones are clearly just him working for cash and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So and and yeah, like the big guys and Sweetie Todd were both relatively small compared to other things, and they were quite good. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, this isn't great. So, but it's not the worst thing he's done. It's certainly better than Alice in Wonderland or Dark Shadows. So that's something. Oh, that's something. Did, oh, he did do Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. that's a big plus. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I also saw Deepwater Horizon. Is that the Marky Mark one? Yeah, it's the Marky Mark one. Um, this one's actually quite good. Uh, it's about uh, the... Water? The, no. On the horizon? No. Um, it's about the like BP oil spill from years ago. But specifically, oh, that sounds exciting. No, but specifically the like 
It's a disaster movie. Please. It's like set on the oil rig and it's all based around the giant. Please, is it like two hours of Marky Mercs crapping off duckies and stuff? Not really. Um, so that. it's essentially like the, uh, it's like essentially the, the giant disaster that led to the spill. It's a done as a disaster movie. So it's Marky Mark and uh, Kurt Russell as two of the head, of like, uh, as two of the head, like safety inspectors working on this giant oil rig. And, uh, they, uh, and then there's a few, uh, uh, evil sleazy greedy bp oil executives who are forcing them to continue working under incredibly unsafe circumstances even though it's not safe and then the oil exactly comes. and it's le- and the leader of the evil executives is john malkovich doing a sub- doing a southern texas accent that is amazing it's like when he did the russian accent in rounders it's that's like amazing the price of admission um so that stuff and, and that stuff actually works all quite well it's directed by peter berg who's pretty hit and miss he's done some good stuff like the rundown with the rock which i like very bad things uh, an old dark comedy from the 90s, and he's done some absolute garbage like Battleship. Um, this one is one of his better movies. <laughs> I have to say, Battleship didn't make a lot of sense it's at times. Garbage movie. But he is uh, he's good at doing like dudes, dude, dude movies for bros. Bro movies. Um, so he does it. So um, with this being like sorry, a true story and actually, uh, you know, a place where men do primarily work, not just dude bros. Um, it it works quite well. He actually has, does a good job sort of setting up all the characters and circumstances so you care about them and cast it really well. And then when the poo poo hits the fan fan, um, it's really intense. The way that they pulled everything together really works well. It's done very real and and and, and graphic and gory. Like things really hurt. Um, the injuries and everything, and then the eye candy of the of this like giant oil rig turning into essentially a giant fireball in the middle of the ocean that all these people are trapped on is amazing. It sort of was optimized for IMAX and really, really works well. And I found it very intense and very fun. And I totally recommend it for like an action disaster movie. It's one of the best ones in quite a few years. Thank you, Phil. I have one more, Mel. Oh my god. I know. Um, and that's um, Masterminds uh, with Zach Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig okay, and Kate sure. McKinnon and um, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis. It's based on a true story, but incredibly loosely, about uh, the second most lucrative bank robbery in American history, which was done by essentially a Brinks truck operator in North Carolina. Who, okay. Like there was like security guards who, because he'd been there so long, was so trustworthy. He had sort of open access right, right. to the vault and they had upwards of $17 million in there at any time to be taken around to ATMs. And uh, he, an ex coworker uh, who he was in love with, uh, sort of like fake seduced him into doing it and then running off to Mexico and uh, then the people that stayed back ended up with about 10 times the amount of money that they thought and started spending it ridiculously wildly and like hired someone to go kill the original guy, but that didn't work and he came back and da-da-da-da-da. So what? it's a weird kind of like tragedy comedy story. This It's done, but this movie's done by the director of Napoleon Dynamite. This sounds okay. like sure. very cartoonish, very over the top. Like uh, uh, Zach Alphanakis, in addition to his beard, has like bangs and kind of like, uh, okay. like blossom hair as his haircut. And um, it's set in the late 90s, and they have hilarious, uh, you huh. know, kind of like the the thrift shop production and design in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. There's some really hilarious things where, like, Galifianakis is wearing a uh, a uh, a sleeve of CDs on his arm, I have a co- running around okay. disc men and stuff. I have a couple questions. Yes. 
Does it have the same kind of feeling where pain and gain did? Like it's it they kind of set up as a comedy, but the actual event wasn't. No, no, funny. no, no, no. No, like this is actually quite a funny story. Okay. Like no one got hurt. In this. Oh, okay, because like the money got returned and everything. Okay, um, did it? <laughs> no, like there's a much there's a much much darker version of this movie that could have been made. This isn't it. They treat it as a cartoon, and they they cast it perfectly. And clearly, everyone is like doing a lot of improvisation. And, and making it as surreal and goofy as possible. But it's uh, not as awkward as Napoleon Dynamite. Um, no, not not quite as. It's more cartoonish okay. than that. But um, honestly, I thought it was one of the funniest movies I've seen all year, like by far. It was it completed a year ago. It's been sitting on a shelf because the company that was initially going to put it out went bankrupt. And then it got picked up and dumped out this weekend, which there's like two much larger movies in competition against it. And I think it's going to disappear. I think from when I talk to other critics afterwards, I think the reviews are going to be middling on it. But I guarantee it's going to be like a cult kind of thing that people find and adore. It's easily the funniest thing that Napoleon Dynamite guy's done since then. What else has he done? he did uh, a Nacho Libre, which wasn't great. And that was not good. He did one called Gentleman Broncos with uh, the Flight of the Concords guys that was a little funnier. It was about this like aspiring fantasy novelist who like meets his hero, and his hero is not only a jerk, but publishes the fan's novel as his own, Oh, um, which was pretty good. And um, and <clears throat> th- yeah, this is easily the funniest thing he's done, and uh and is also like one of the better uh, Zach Galifianakis movies in that it sort of represents his very like irreverent, very strange type of humor that he doesn't normally get to do in movies. Um, very, very well. Wig's great. Kate McKinnon's unbelievable. She has a very small part, but it's one of the like craziest comedic performances I've seen in a long, long time. And yeah, if you like to giggle and you like weird things, I can't recommend it enough. And uh, I promise, well, this movie will bomb dramatically this weekend of course um it will slowly be remembered over time and there are a lot of images that i'm sure will become memes and so forth so nice. do yourself Sudeikis. a favor and get up there early he's great he plays contract killer and he does it very sleazily in a way that uh, he like he's the darkest element of the movie you could see there was probably a version of this movie that was a little darker mm-hmm. not so much like pain and game but maybe more like eastbound and down or something like oh, yeah, that yeah. where they were actually just like mean people like and, pain and game was so weird because the movie was felt so lighthearted compared to what actually, I know, what actually happened, happened. I know, and this definitely is a way more lighthearted version of true true events. But this at least isn't like like, like it was wrong that Michael Bay and, made yeah. make, make pain and gain. They were bad people. These are just kind of misfits, and All this right. movie and a movie making fun of them is totally appropriate. In fact, the guy who Zach Galifianakis is based character is based on was on set almost every okay. day, and he loved every second of it. So no, so the, I never really heard the story behind Pain and Gain. How those people were just horrible people. They kidnapped a guy. Well, everything like, that happened in Pain and Gain really happened. But okay. like in. Like, like yeah. chopped him up and barbecued him and all yeah. sorts of horrible things. Like okay. They were terrible people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're not heroes as the movie presents but them. The, yeah, the movie makes them like it's a goofy, like, you know, you feel kind of bad for them. Yeah, but they're they were drug horrible, horrible people. Cases. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. Done. Cool. Thank you, Phil. We're and, gonna... and you've been playing Batman. No, no, yes. we're taking a break oh, for right. our okay. ad. Okay. Jeez, what happens when you're not here, Cody? <laughs> so we'll be right back. Shaq, do you have a need for comics and graphic novels? I do have a fixin'. Have well, a fixin'. what you need to do is go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps, and you can get $5 off a Comic Bento subscription. It goes right to your door. Yes, five bucks. Dude, five bucks? Five bucks. Five hey, guys, bucks. can five I get in on this action? Oh, yes, yeah. you can. Whoa. You know what you have to do? Go what to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps and get $5 off your Comic Bento subscription. Five whole dollars? Five whole dollars. Whoa. Whoa. Comic Bento. Get it now. 
We're back. Yay. So, Phil, no. as Brendan said before, you've been playing Batman. I did. I played the new chapter of the Telltale Batman uh, game, which um, I really liked. Yeah? Uh, quite a bit. Like, I was quite fond of the first one, but the first one with it being the first episode of, like, what is essentially like a video starts, game TV right? series. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a pilot. There's a lot of, like, laying track just for the rest of work. For the rest of work. This one, you know, they could finally start building on things. And, um, yeah, no, I'm just really impressed by the story they put together. It's clearly made by people that, like, understand Batman and mm-hmm. understand the appeal and don't and don't just go through the motions. Like, even, for example, they do the origin, kind of, at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> right, right. Um, but they do it in such a way where there's, like, new information that plays into this story that wasn't part of it before without sort of messing with continuity. Like, mm-hmm. always very clever things. The way they write the characters, like, there's a lot of... Uh, Catwoman in this episode and the sort of, uh, you know, classic repartee between the two of them, knowing each other's real identities and the sexual tension of it and so f- of, of the violence and so forth. And they do that very in a very clever way. The performance is really good. The writing is really strong. And um, the uh, the choice-based mechanics work really well with this being a detective story. And in, weirdly enough, I actually so far anyway enjoy the bruce wayne segments Mm. more than the batman segments because the story is sort of rooted in him there's a lot of sort of going around talking to people without trying to give away you know that you're batman um that is that actually works really well and there's some big twists in this i didn't see coming they do really clever things with like because you know how like in other Telltale games, there's a sort of mechanic where, like you'll pick something to say and then they'll do a close-up of the character going, hmm. And they'll be like, oh, <laughs> that person remembered that you said that sort like, of thing. Uh-oh. They'll do that and then kill the person right afterwards because <laughs> you won't expect them to die. You're like, oh, okay, I guess he's going to be back later now that he knows that info. And then boom, bullet to the head and he's gone. And you're like, what? <laughs> they do things like that that are really smart, sort of playing with that dynamic. Um, I was really impressed by um, their sort of like... the way they use the camera and tell the story mm. cinematically they've gotten very good at that it feels like a really well put together batman movie even um the uh, and i did and that the camera work felt smoother this time and the character's more emotive i remember in the last episode uh there were times when like characters would be screaming but they'd mm. just be blank face talking um which i found like amusing but distracting and i gather online there's sort of a new engine that telltale's employing starting in this episode and unfortunately, that also means there, this one was very buggy. Um, there were mm. a lot of like frame drops and skip outs and freezes and things that were that were that were irritating. It was a shame. And I hope that they're working on that and future episodes will get better because there were it. It seemed like it all happened early on. At a certain point, once you passed like, a, like one of the first checkpoints, everything kind of smoothed out. That's kind of cool. But before then, it was it was really choppy. And hopefully, and you know, it feels like that's just something they're working on. Um, but that was like the major complaint of this episode. Other than that, um, I really like what they're going with it, where they're going with it. Um, I really like the way everything feels. Um, even the like quick time fight scenes, they're so well designed that it doesn't bother me that I'm just playing buttons in time. Um, and you, there is a certain level of control. Like you can do things where like you like pick Batman's attack pattern and that sort of thing. That's kind of neat. Plays out. And... No, I'm honestly very impressed by it it's certainly like as much as i loved those arkham games ultimately you know the stories and characters were well represented but ultimately it was just an excuse for as many fights as possible yeah this one they actually are putting together what feels like a very like compelling and interesting batman story so i'm enjoying that thank you phil thanks. actually the full review should be on the site right now it's yeah definitely and uh thanks for rolling your eyes and making being very bored Martha. i was trying not that. to listen just because i do want to play at the same time i know so well, i was I'm... going on my way not to give anything away i know i know what to do mel but 
We're professional. That doesn't that doesn't always happen on this podcast. So sometimes I, I don't. I'm I like, I want to play this game, so I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, yeah, I just very very pleased with where this. You should be happy. Time. I came to the conclusion I am willing to split the PSVR games with you. Aww. So I get the bad ones. Yeah. Okay, sweet. That's fair, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Brendan, have you actually played anything? Brendan's been busy traveling the world. Uh, yeah, well, I think I talked about it all last week. You did. You talked about gears and stuff. Gears and FIFA, and I really haven't played anything since then. But soon enough, in a couple of weeks, you'll have more to speak about as he goes to visit three four three industries. Yeah, which I can't really talk much about at that point. No. Mm. But I, and I haven't been playing anything because playing games is difficult lately. But right, I have been watching so many movies. Mm-hmm. Though I've heard. So recently, well, I won't go through the entire list. Mm-hmm. Although I will say the Angry Birds movies wasn't as horrible as I expected it to be. Oh, that was terrible, Mel. You're I expected nothing, forgiving. therefore. Why would you watch it if you expected nothing? I actually really enjoyed it, so it doesn't matter. I know, but what, but if you thought it was going to be horrible, like, why would you watch wanted, it? We wanted to see it, but we, were, we weren't going to give in to the trailer of being like, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We just thought, oh, let's, let's see it. And I enjoyed it, so it doesn't matter. It was horrible. Whatever. But I did watch 31. Yeah. Which is Rob Zombie's new yeah, movie. Yeah, which I didn't get to talk about even though I reviewed it for the site because that was during oh, my TIFF time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you were gone for so long. I was indeed. So did you actually enjoy 31? I did. I did. I mean, like, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, I did I, I like it. It like wasn't Lords of Salem bad, but. Yeah, it, I like Lords of Salem quite a bit. Um, I like, uh, I'm quite a fan of Rob Zombie's movies. I know a lot of people aren't. He's pretty divisive much like his music um and i get why all his movies are pretty samey um 31 like there was definitely no doubt at any time i was watching a movie by rob zombie um i couldn't confuse it with anything else um and this was a partially crowdfunded project and it very much felt like that um in two ways number one obviously incredibly cheap number two it felt like he didn't care about anyone that wasn't already a Rob Zombie fan watching this yeah. movie or what they think of it. Um, and uh, it felt repetitive of other movies he's done before, yeah. particularly Devil's Rejects. Well, my my biggest complaint was, like, I thought I was going to get to see uh, an amusement park kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I, all I saw was, like, steam tunnels. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, oh, There's I no thought they were going to be running through, like, legit amusement park. Yeah, no, and all I so saw much. was... The bottom of someone's building. Yeah, not so much. It was more like, of a hidden underground thing. Yeah, but I, like, I liked the like horror running man idea. I was hoping it would be uh, more clowns at once. I like the, 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 the one at a time. I like the clowns with chainsaws. I thought they were great. Yeah. Um, I like the midget, the midget Nazi speaking Spanish. You mean the little person? Sorry, the little person. Nazi yeah, that was very confusing. Cause I was like, wait, wait, wait. He's speaking Spanish, but he's got a swastika. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm just confused. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rob Zombie. And that's what was fun about it. Um, and I enjoyed Michael, Malcolm McDowell. I was going to say, the, Malcolm uh, McDowell's in it because he yeah. always plays a great evil person. He was super fun. And I tolerated Cherry Moon Zombie throughout. Um, so, I, no, she's actually fine. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, you know, if you like Rob Zombie, it's good. It's, mm. I would put it in the lower half of his movies so i put it in the middle half of his movies i yeah. think the lower half is uh the halloween movies and lords of salem i would agree those are the lower half yeah. um i just like lords of salem more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. than, than the other two i was um, so bored and uh yeah well it's different it's kind of like an art trippy arty yeah it's movie. more and when i was exp- you know like just when you look at the cover you're like oh, okay this mm. looks kind of cool and you're like mm. oh she's dressed like that for a scene mm-hmm. that has really nothing to do with the rest of the movie it has a lot to do with the rest of the movie I mean, it's just a surrealistic nightmare that's all building yeah. towards um 
but yeah, no, it's not like when you, you when you go to a Rob Zombie movie, you expect it to be more like Thirty One, which is just a relentless, relentless assault on your senses with yeah, like no Devil's pretensions for art stuff, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, versus uh, Lords of Salem was kind of like an arty, thinky movie, which I can understand if you were expecting something else. Well, that's, that's the problem. Is I went in with other yeah. expectations, and I really like Devil's Rejects. I think that's a very smart movie. And I like, I like that one too. Yeah. I actually yeah. didn't. Know that, that both that and Corpses are fantastic. I feel like Thirty One is closer to House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love. House but on the silly Corpses side, because well. they just felt like doing it. There's no like reason or yeah. rhyme behind. Oh it. yeah, just, yeah. Like, this was clearly just like a movie for okay. everyone to have fun. So how I felt when I watched it, I felt like um, Rob Zombie watched The Purge and thought, Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Running Man. I'll take The Purge and Running Man and add some clowns and. I got a movie going. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, that's how I felt. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, that's fine. It's fun. I enjoyed it. Was it. Fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's a talented filmmaker and he's also someone that like knows his limitations yeah. and what he does and only does that. I suggest it for just a fun Halloween type of movie this year. Yeah, totally. A fun, scary movie. I'm Not sure scary. that's all you know, he, and I'm, gory. Seems like it was all it was ever designed to be, too. Exactly. Yeah, set, so. I'm pretty sure it's set in the 70s. I don't think they ever say when, but considering everything of set pieces is out of the 70s. the 70s. It's very 70s, yeah. 70s. The, From the, like, split frame opening credits in a window yeah. it was pretty clearly and in the, the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, good times. And then I also watched, uh, in Japanese, was it Sadoko? Yeah, Sadoko versus Kayoko. Kayoko, which is the ring which versus is, the grudge. Which is, yeah. Yeah. The ring versus <laughs> the grudge. Which, um, I... It felt longer than it actually was. Mm. Maybe just because I had a lot of subtitles to read. Yes. And, and Japanese movies, even though this is on the brisker side, do have a slower pacing in general. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. But this one actually wasn't bad. And yeah. I always expect Japanese movies to have um, not the greatest effects, which this one didn't have fantastic effects by mm. any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But like compared to some of the, like, the last Japanese movies I guess I watched, I was like, oh, they kind of upped their budget <laughs> for this. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm assuming, like, you know, Freddy versus Jason, they knew they had a little extra money to yeah. throw around this time. Yeah, no, it's exactly what you think. Well, I mean, it's kind of exactly what you think, except they don't face off for as long. But it is the grudge Spoiler. versus the ring. What? Yeah, because, you know, the title doesn't give it away what. Yeah. So, uh, well, what I enjoyed about it is that when I sat down to watch it, even though I was looking forward to it, because I do have a nostalgia for those movies, um, the... Uh, Okay, sorry about that. So what I was trying to say six is brain that parts I later. No, right. And so what I was trying to say was that um, while I'm very fond of both the Ring and the Grudge movies, they are that type of sort of slow burn Japanese horror movie where you sort of expect to see a little bit of the ghosts right at the top and then wait 40 minutes and slowly and sort of build atmosphere and slowly see them, which is fine. That works in those movies. In a movie where it's called The Ring versus The Grudge, I was a little concerned about how long I was going to have to wait <laughs> to actually see the two ghosts. What I like, they get that right off the top. Well, they even changed the rule of The Ring so you die in two days instead of a week. So they yeah. speed that thing I was right like, up. I was like, wait. Because as I was watching, I'm like, wait a second. Like, was I know in the American one it was seven days. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So in, maybe in the original Japanese, was it two days? Did I forget? No, but, they make it two. It's very clear the people that made it, like they know what movie they're making. They have a sense of humor yeah. about it. I really enjoyed that. I like that they had the parallel storyline set up so you could watch grudge scenes and ring scenes well, simultaneously. Like, yeah, I feel like most of it was ring. And then yeah. they kind of started peppering in the grudge and then they had. Like, yeah, totally. The one character from the grudge uh, storyline that was very bland and yeah. I didn't connect to her at all. But like, that's, really that's kind of like what those grudge movies are like. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I guess you could call it. I mean, I agree that was the least interesting character, but I suppose yeah. you could call it an accurate representation of the franchise. But, um, but yeah, I enjoyed that it had the sense of humor. Like, I liked the... Uh, uh, the professor. I was say, like the professor. He like, was super clever. And then, of course, the monster hunter characters. The were monster priceless. hunter characters were great. Yeah, there's like a kung fu exorcist and his 
blind 10 year old girl assistant <laughs> yeah fantastic, fantastic stuff in fact i would love it if they had their continued, own movie yeah if they continued to fight that. characters from other horror movies would be great <gasps> they have a whole series where they just great. go around fighting yeah. like i would yeah it I'd would be fantastic that. So do we, do, before we get any further do we mention that the ring the new ring has been delayed no but rings it has. Yeah. rings has rings. indeed been delayed. The, the new english ring yeah it's yeah. delayed to 2017 maybe? something like that yeah, yeah they yet. moved it off of halloween um apparently because they don't want to do battle with ouija 2 <laughs> really? Yeah, well, that's actually a Mike Flanagan. Really? He did it, so I'm so into it. And I hated the original Ouija. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you remember. Mm. Um, I despised it. I, I watched it anyway. I didn't so mind much. it. Yeah, I know. But so. let's not even go there. So I hated it, but I hated it mostly because not only was it just kind of like a mediocre and failed horror movie, but it was like, but I mean, it's like no one had done a Ouija board movie. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Just do it properly. Just be so happy anyway. it wasn't the Ouija experiment because that was horrible. Uh, I'm sure. But now they've hired Mike Flanagan who made Oculus who's a great filmmaker. Did he, he's the one excited. that also did uh, Hush? Yes. Okay. And so you, so, it's more of them than not to want to go up against him at Halloween time. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'd imagine they just assumed Ouija too. <laughs> yeah, good luck. And then they actually saw it and they're like, oh crap, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so anyway, looking forward to that. But um, I digress. Anyway, yeah. Though, so yeah, Ring vs. God I thought it was like, super fun. I enjoyed... I, like I thought... <clears throat> Wow, it didn't get the fight as well as Freddy versus no, Jason. No, it didn't. But it got the tone of what I wish Freddy versus Jason was more like up until that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Freddy versus Jason kind of takes itself a little too seriously until it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's fun. It's so funny. It's totally fun. But I mean, like, other than Freddy versus J- Freddy or Jason, can you name a character in that movie? You know what I mean? Versus we got the monster hunters in this. We got that creepy yeah. professor. All I remember is Kelly Rollins. Yeah. 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 And that awkward, and the, Kelly the Robbins J, is the one the J, from, uh, from Destiny's Child, right? I don't think she's not. I thought she had her own career. There's one of them that's from Destiny's Child. Well, then it would be her because she's yeah. a singer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then they she, had the, the J ripoff, which I thought was hilarious. That's right. Well, she has that really awkward moment where she calls uh, Jason yeah. the, F, the other F word. It uh, doesn't weird. play well anymore. No. <laughs> no. no. That not. one gets ripped apart a lot. Definitely not. Um, but so that yeah. Jason character. Didn't they redub that or something or that? No. Okay, I thought that was the thing they edited. They edited that version out as I. Mean, they should. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he Ring does call the... her dark meat at some point. He does. It's true, but that's Freddy. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Ring versus Grudge is actually super fun. Yeah, out. I would. I would definitely recommend, especially if you like the Ring versus the Grudge. I mean, not though. I wouldn't recommend it to people who only like the American versions because it doesn't have that fast pace. Um. I mean, it's all about that. It's okay, but I would... I think you're giving you're... the American versions a little too much credit for their pacing. Mm. I think that was about as fast paced as American. Was it? It's been a long time since The I Ring is over two Although hours long. It is long. Yeah, okay. I liked it, but it's long. It no, is. I don't remember But it then. is over two hours long. And you do get to get that, that stupid video peppered in throughout the, this movie, which helps. Yeah, but they didn't... It wasn't the actual video. No, I was actually good. expecting it to be yeah. the same video, and it was actually just an alleyway. It was pretty much just the footage of the... Um, of like where the the well is, yeah. They just skipped to the end, pretty much. I was like, oh, that's. I know boring. it's a shame, but anyway, it's super fun. It's good. Time. Yeah, it was super fun. I'm yeah. glad that they did it. Yeah, me too. I wish that uh, it got like a theater release here, but whatever. Yeah, it'll be coming straight to Shutter. Yep, which is going to be available in Canada. What is, what is Shutter? Shutter is the horror Netflix streaming of service. All horror. Is it good? Um, I don't know. It's let's not, not discuss that yet. on air. Uh, I... There's Shutter and there's Screenbox. Oh, right they're both on. horror services. Neat. Actually, Shutter, you know, they started following me on Twitter because I was complaining that it's not in Canada. They're like, oh, we're coming to Canada. I'm like, yay, Shutter's <laughs> in Canada. 
Yeah, it's run. One of the like head programmers on it is the guy from uh, Midnight Madness at TIFF. That's kind of neat. It's yeah. owned by AMC. Yep. Yep. Weird. Cool. Mm-hmm. Which you think they'd have The Walking Dead on it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Cool. I think that's everything. Yep. yep. Yay! Thank you for listening. You can find us all over the internet with our Twitter at CGMagOnline. CGMagOnline.com for all our website goodness where Phil's movie re- reviews are and Brendan's first 15 of Gears of War, which was a big hit. Woo. We also have, uh, to get you in the horror mood, the first 15 of Dead Rising 4. Yep. Lots of zombie slaying. Lots of zombie slaying. Of course, Facebook.com slash Comics Gaming Magazine for your Facebook needs. And YouTube. Yep. Follow us on YouTube. CG Mag Online. Yep. Where we put up lots of first 15, which is usually just us playing... Mm, between 15 and sometimes 30 minutes of a game usually without audio commentary yeah we sometimes, have, sometimes we'll have audio we are required sometimes to do audio commentary but yeah check that out for sure we got all kinds of cool stuff on there yep. call of duty gears of war 4 cuphead dead rising 4 yep. forza fifa all lots of, of stuff. cool stuff lots of stuff i think uh, that's everything that's it thanks for tuning in bye